Good afternoon, welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Uh, I'm on my own again for the third time in a week. Um, but I've, but I'm joined this on this Sunday afternoon for me in the UK and this Sunday morning for my guest in Canada. It's, it's, it's 10am over there. I am joined by Sebastian Fazio, a.k.a. Mr. Calcio AS Roma on Twitter. How are you, Sebastian? A good morning to you in Canada and a good afternoon to you from the, from rainy Swindon here in the UK. <laughs> good morning good afternoon scott i'm so happy i'm so happy to be here as, as i was just saying before we got on air i'm very happy to interact and come on the podcast no no so i'm very happy to join to have you join us um before we start we we're, we're gonna recap the derby last night uh roma won two now um a very victorious win um it was good to end this and Roma's league home season with a win but I just wanted to talk about yourself Sebastian for a couple of minutes um since how long you've been a Roma fan um well it's it's been a probably an arduous road for probably all of us since you become a Roma fan you were telling me pre-pod yeah so like I like I was telling Scott guys earlier um uh AS Roma now is my cousin (laughs) and uh uh me and him uh, grew up Roma fans in a, in a family that's all, all Juve fans. Uh, we probably became Roma fans, I would say, to, like I was saying, 2004, 2005, around that time. Obviously, have you heavily influenced by uh, Totti, Perossi, and you know all those guys. So, and we, you know, we haven't looked back, and we we've lived the the highs and especially the lows. Uh, uh, I guess this this season being being one of the lows, but yeah. So. Uh, it's 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 exciting being a Roma fan. It's exciting being on this podcast. It's exciting interacting with uh, with everyone on social media. And uh, me and Scott were actually talking about it's funny how how social media for Roma has grown in the past uh, five years. So uh, it's a lot of fun, especially the English content on the official AS Roma website and the social media. It's blown up quite a lot. I would probably say of the last five or six years, I think ever since sadly now he's not no longer with the club and Paul Rogers did an absolute tremendous job with the admin and plus the website. If you remember probably 10, 11 years ago, the rep the, the official uh, Roma website was for us English speakers was non-existent and you couldn't really get anything, but I think over the last four or five, probably actually six, seven years is, is, got a lot lot better and i think we all are seeing it now on social media and what the, the club is doing with like um when they when roma are signing the players they're also doing stuff for like the charities as well which is really really good they're trying to help um families who've sadly have lost members who have lost and they, they've never been found and it's really really good to see what the web what the club is doing on that on that front and it's i i can only applaud on what they've done i think they found four people in the last couple of years and when the, after the videos have been released of the players have been signed which is which is absolutely amazing before i digress and go on to another topic and i don't want, <laughs> don't want to do that um did, did you have any favorite players growing up i, I can imagine it's the it's the two roman easters that have been with the club for a long long time and if if you have any other players that you you adored when growing up being a roma fan in canada 
Yeah, so obviously them two. So we'll take we'll take them two kind of out of the conversation because you know they'll <laughs> always win. So I always liked uh, David Pitado oh, man, and Simone and 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 Simone Perotta. Growing up, those those were my two favorite players. I always I always tell the stat to everyone I talk to. Everyone I talk to, Simone Perotta was one of the only players that started every single game of the 2006 World Cup. You oh, know what I mean? He was, oh my god! He was, yeah. Yeah, and you would never think it in a team in a team that had what they had. The fact that Simone Perotta started every game, came one to the finals. You know, it, it showed you kind of the importance that he had uh, even beyond Roma. You know, not just with the not, not, everyone always talked. You know, Spalletti kind of got you know this this and that out of him, but you know, Perotta Perotta did it with Lippi too. Yeah, he's a. I would say he's probably an unsung hero for us Roma fans. And the, the good stat is he was the. He was born in Manchester and Ashton underline. So yeah, he was born yeah. born in England and then moved to Italy when he was a youngster. I think there's a statue outside in in Manchester in Ashton underline of him. I think I've seen that on social media, and I've actually seen him clips of him speaking really really good English. And oh man, what a player! It's such a really really good dynamic midfielder, and also can make those late. Uh, like box to box runs, and he scored so many crucial goals. Apart from Perotta and David Pizarro, any other players did you, that caught, caught your eye when you were a youngster? Cassano. Uh, Cassano. Yeah. One of my one of my first memories of Roma was late days of Cassano at Roma. Uh, so I always kind of thought that he was him and Totti together were like the you know the best thing ever. So yeah. I remember always. Uh, I think I have a Cassano jersey from back in the day, which is kind of kind of funny obviously it doesn't fit me anymore but it was, it was yeah I did I did have that jersey too that that team I just you know growing up like I, I always think about that that whole team even like the split the, the split the era with like Mancini and you know Maxis Juan Doni like but those those guys were a great kind of great Roma to kind of grow up on yeah, it was, a, it was a good team. I think, as you said earlier, you've got you got into supporting Roma like oh four oh five. That was actually my first full season watching them as well. I used to watch mm-hmm. them on Channel Four over here in the UK. So we had a um, Football Italia um, Gazetta Football Italia by the legend of James Richardson presenting, and it was on free to air TV. And it was just like watching Italian football. I grew up watching English football. I support a British club, uh, but following Italian football for about twenty. 25 years now it's tremendous to see what uh it's done and is impacted like us fans here in the uk um going forward like i never thought i would see myself in the last six or seven years going out to rome to watch games like 10 15 years ago but i have and like, other people have um have you ever been out to rome yourself to watch a game or to have you ever seen when rome have come over to the us or canada for pre-season friendlies I've never, I've never been to the Olympico, which I hope that changes going forward, especially now with Mourinho's Roma. But um, I have seen them live. They have come to Toronto before. Uh, there was the year of Rudy Garcia, the first year of Rudy Garcia in 2013. They came. It was, it was such a fun experience. I have to, I have, you have to really credit the club for even at that time the interaction with the fans. You know, uh, everyone signed every like Totti jersey, the 2004 jersey. Literally the jersey I got when I was a kid, when I was just becoming a fan, uh, and I got it all signed. Oh, so nice! He has it signed. Florenzi, Rudy Garcia signed it. A few other players too: Benatia, Strootman. Uh, I can't remember the others, but it was it was it was a lot of good. I think Borriello signed it too. Shout out to Borriello. Uh, so, yeah. Was that uh, was that against the Impact Montreal Impact? 
in 2013? No, the, was that... the, game, the game was against Toronto FC. They came Toronto here FC, yeah. to play at BMO Field. Yeah, they play, came here to play when Toronto FC used to do... Um, they used to do teams from Europe always kind of come over and play to Toronto FC once a summer. They don't do that anymore, but uh, they did that that summer, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Do you, do you actually follow Toronto FC and the MLS? Yeah, I do. I do. I actually... My, my job actually is I, I work for them. Uh, oh, nice. I, not, not, not like, not, okay, I, I, may, I make it sound a bit better than it is, but <laughs> I, I do, I, I do work as a, as a food server for the, for MLSC, which is Toronto, oh, cool. FC, Toronto, Toronto Maple Leafs and Toronto Raptors. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I was hoping to go out to Toronto a couple of years ago, but, um, for a family holiday, me and my mum and dad decided to go to New York because it was a lot cheaper, but they have been out to Canada. My dad's got some relatives who, li- who used to live in Canada and they've been there. I think they've been to Toronto and it's, it's an amazing city. I was slightly jealous when they sent me the pics. So my aim is to get out to Toronto when this pandemic goes away and, and that, um, when this when this pandemic does go, is one of your first uh, journeys away? Is it to go to Rome to watch Roma play under Mourinho? Uh, oh, when, when you get the, when you get when we when we do get the chance to to travel abroad. Well, hundred percent. I, I I got like I got vaccinated the other day, and my second dose is booked for August, and I'm just like you know what, right after free game i gotta go <laughs> i got i got i gotta go i gotta go see Mourinho's roma because that <laughs> i guess we'll, we'll get into Mourinho and, and and that but it's just super exciting that he's coming and i think the fans you know maybe not his his football is necessarily exciting but you know the fact that Mourinho's at roma i think i think it's super exciting and i think the fans deserve to be in the stadium for that yeah i can't wait when when we get all vaccinated over here and everything's all right i think probably late this year maybe early next year i'll be venturing out to italy to watch a game i was actually looking at stuff a couple of months ago just in vain i'm still waiting to get back my first fax but uh, i think over here in the uk they're doing the over 30s over soon quite soon before i digress we were actually going to last night's game uh it was so it's roma 2 lazio nil henrik mkhitaryan and pedro with the goals what was your thoughts in the first half? I'll go by half by half. I'm not going into full. Uh, what was your um, overall thoughts of the first half performance, like getting the goal right before the halftime whistle? Because Lazio were playing pretty well and had the um, the, the the best of the opportunities. Um, so yeah, just thoughts on the th- first half. First, the first half I thought was played with, uh, I think maybe a great maturity level, kind of the the understanding. Because a lot of times in, in Roma games, they 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 keep can see chances, they go under and they kind of just fold. But in this in this game, they kind of stuck in there. You have to you know give credit to Daniel Fusato, mm-hmm. who uh, who made a big big save uh, on that play where Ibanez turned it over. I can't remember who he made the save on, but it was a it was a big save. Uh, and then you know credit to you know when you have players like Jeko who could have that moment of quality, uh, it always kind of it always kind of brings it to the next level. So the first half I thought I thought was okay. I don't think Roma were still playing their, at their best because, like we were saying, they, they had chances and Lazio were kind of getting in behind. Uh, and then going into the second half, we could talk about that. The second half, I thought, was one of the best halves that Roma played all season. I thought I thought that um, the maturity level and the way that Roma grew into the game, and I was, it was funny because we were talking before the podcast, a lot of Fonseca performances in the big games, some of them haven't been bad. It's just that they make a mistake, they fold, and then you know, they lose the game and it, you know, it all just goes, like you think of, you know, Manchester United, if I had to talk to you about Manchester United or Trafford, the first <laughs> half 
was amazing. The second half was complete, you know, complete garbage. So I think yesterday what we saw was uh, Roma kind of grow from minute one to 90. And then uh, it was rewarded with a, a beautiful second goal from Pedro, which, you know, we always kind of make the joke about Pedro shooting with his left foot. But, you know, now he'll always have a left foot screamer in a derby. So, you know, he'll always have that to take with him at least. Yeah. Um, on, on the first half, I thought Roma were a bit cagey for about 20, 25 minutes, but then sort of grew into the into the, the game as a whole. I, um, mm. I do feel that scoring that goal right on half time was massive for the whole performance and going into the second half just Ed and Dzeko um, bossed the Cherby in the whole game yeah, Dzeko was yeah. fantastic um, but yeah getting that goal right before half time was such a confidence boost for the team for for Fonseca because going in nil nil, it could have been a different different second half performance um i will go on to the second half um for you and uh, for probably for both of us i think roma dominated and we, we had that game controlled i think bar for sato making a probably two two very good saves in the second half um yeah. apart from that roma really dominated the game i wanted to talk about a couple of players um ibrahim adabo how did you feel he contributed to the game on his, in his first derby and I think it's maybe his fourth appearance for the club, or maybe fifth in in a month or so. And how did you feel for him going forward? Going forward, there's there's crazy incredible signs. I mean, for a 19 year old to play that good in in the type of midfields that he's playing against, so like we're not talking about just like you know he just had the big performance against Fortuna. We're talking about the Manchester United midfield of Pogba, Fred, and Bruno Fernandez. We're talking about Inter's with. Brozovic, Barella, and, and Eriksson. And now we're talking about Milinkovic, Savic, Luis Alberto, and those guys. So it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, at 19 years old, how composed he is mm. and how, and how good he is. Like he, he really is every, like he, like he gets the ball and he just, you know, he just looks so calm. Like he just, it, he, he doesn't look like a 19 year old who's just thrown in because of injuries. You know what I mean? He looks, he looks, he looks ready. He looks ready to go. And the signs are incredibly uh, encouraging. And, uh, and I said yesterday too, I tweeted it that, uh, for Mourinho, it's it's maybe the perfect restart option for him to look at Darbo and kind of look at him and, and you know kind of say I kind of want to put keep you a part of the first team and you know continue to move forward with him. Could you see him being a starter in the uh, Roma's if if Mourinho does go with the double pivot, the four two three one? Could you see him as uh, one of the pivots, maybe alongside a Veratu or a Cristante going forward for next season? Because I think he may have pipped Diawara and Gonzalo Villar for like a starting spot for next season. Yeah, I, I could I could see that for sure. I don't think I don't think the start I don't think Mourinho will give him just a starting job right away cuz obviously you you know you have to keep humble and kind of yeah. you know you have to always you always kind of four games is just four games as good as they are and which they are incredibly but you have to kind of you know keep kind of that balance. So I I think as as the season goes on next year I think we'll definitely see more and more of him. If Roma are in the conference league that could benefit him. Cause I think that's a guaranteed start for him every week, so um, it'll be interesting. But I think he'll definitely be with the first team. It just, I think it just depends when he starts becoming the the out and out starter. Yeah. And, and I, oh, sorry. And I guess it depends too uh, what they do on the transfer market. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess we do. Yeah. So I guess that depends a lot too. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, another player, um, I think he's been totally reborn this season, uh, is Rick Karsdorp. I talked about this with Owen Diana on, on our previous pod. Um, what's your thoughts on Rick Karsdorp for this season? Because, uh, uh, again, 
he's had a stellar last couple of months and I thought he he played really really well against uh, was it Radu and Lulic down the left hand side yesterday so just wanted your thoughts on Rick Carr's talk from last night Rick I have to I have to shout out Rick Carr's though because when he when he uh, stayed at Roma at the beginning of the season I said to myself like wow like I can't believe Roma are doing this I can't <laughs> believe they're, they're trying to, to reborn and get this player reborn and I remember kind of thinking like anyone but him anyway and I look at it. I look at it now, and it's, I, I regret every. I, I'm I'm very happy that he made me eat my words because you know the season that he had this year. I think is the best the best season. Any with all respects to Florenzi, I think it's the best season of right back at Roma since Mycon 2013. The yeah. year. I would I would I would say so. And he and you know and he looks like and he looks like a Mourinho player. I don't want to get too hyped, but he looks like a Mourinho player. You know the way he fights, the, the hustle he puts in. So it's crazy how we went from not even able to stay fit to. Uh, one of the guys I'd, in a year where everyone couldn't stay fit, he is the one guy that you know has always been there starting every game. So uh, it's just been a terrific season. I'm so happy he got the deserved renewal, and I think he's going to be an important part for Roma. He's still young, 25, 26, so I think he's going to be uh, important parts for Roma. Mourinho's Roma too for for a while. And he's got himself a call up to the Dutch uh, provisional Euro 2020 uh, squad, hasn't he? He's been called up yeah. by. Uh, the De Boer, uh, Mr. De Boer, and I think that's pretty much deserved. He's going to have a bit of tough competition at the right-back slot for Holland because uh, Dumfries of PSV, I think he might have that slot. But yeah, um, I think. do you think all that credit goes down to Fonseca for his rejuvenation of Rick Karsdorp? For sure. I, I, I hate saying all because, you know, you, you know, you got to credit the player too. But uh, Fonseca, if there's one thing I have to give Fonseca is is stuff like that. When, when you look at uh, Rick Karsdorp, you look, you know, out of uh, completely out of the picture and Fonseca apparently I had read that Fonseca was one of the guys that you know had wanted to keep him and work with him and you know it paid it paid off in the end and, and I was and Rick you know Rick Karsdorp's not the only player that you know even though Roma maybe had a bad season there's a lot of players that you have to you know kind of credit Paulo Fonseca for kind of believing in and kind of working in and kind of make, getting the better best out of them so you you kind of even look at like Mancini and like you know his growth and you you know you have to credit Fonseca there you know throwing in VR you know Vilar when you know when I don't think a lot of people would have done it and you know he did that too so uh, if there's if there's one thing I have to you know give to Fonseca in, in, in relation to Ricardo is uh, a foundation has kind of been built with a few players that that Fonseca worked well with and I think uh, those players will, will will blend well with uh, Mourinho going forward. Oh, 100% agreed. Um, I just wanted to because we we've we've gone on to a couple of players. Um, what was your overall thoughts on the second half performance? yesterday um i just feel that we've got um bit of control and got the goal at the right time and because inzaghi made very bold substitutions and i don't think they paid off and fonseca waited until the second goal and then made it a couple of his substitutions i just wanted to make uh ask sorry ask you about your overall thoughts on the second half yeah the second half as, as i was mentioned it touched on a bit earlier the bet to me one of the best halves Roma played all season in terms of the maturity level in terms of the control that they had like Romo were winning one nothing and one of the first times all season i never felt like they were going to lose that lead which which is crazy and there was a few saves that and maybe that's also why because i saw that fuzanto was having a good game <laughs> but but there, there, there was there was control and the when they had position they, they did something they did well with it when they weren't in position they, they you know they got back in numbers so it, it was it was a very it was a very well played half and you got to credit Fonseca for you know the type of game that he coached you could tell that I think he really kind of wanted to leave on a high so you know I think that game was important to him 
And, you know, he, he coached a, a brilliant game, a brilliant second half, you know, with the, even the subs putting on Pedro for El Shadawe and VR coming on, you know, those subs. So keeping Jekko in as long as he did with, with how good Jekko was playing. So uh, it was it was it was a good second half, one of the best of the season, you know, kind of sometimes when, when those that those performances happen, you almost kind of wish like, you know, damn, I wish this happened before, you know, we would have been in a better spot right now. But you know, it's still, it's, it's still a nice little joy. And he's got the monkey off his back for this season of winning a big game against the top six, top seven side in Serie A. He, he did it on the last last game of, of, <laughs> that he could at, at home, but it was good to to end his home reign with a, with a victory. Um, we'll, we'll stop talking about the derby itself. Um, what was your thoughts on Fonseca's reign overall at the club? Because I think for me, up until March, we had a really, really good shout for a top four. But then injury suspensions and the formation that he was playing, it sort of unraveled and we hit the slide in in the league. But in Europe, we played pretty well. But I think he's did well in the last couple of games. But I just wanted to know what was your thoughts on Fonseca's reign? The the Fonseca reign, you know, it, it's I could talk about this all day. Uh, I almost I almost kind of a, a big part of me feels bad for him, just because I think being at Rome in the past years uh, through an ownership change and you know through all the changes that have happened at Rome in the past years, it was always kind of going to be tough. And I always kind of I have this thing where I always say I'm like, a lot of coaches would have failed in the two years that he that he coached here, and the only coaches that wouldn't fail are the ones that didn't have the courage to take the job in 2019. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and you know, you know, you know, coach is exactly what I'm talking about, right? And Antonio Conte and the guy, the guys that rejected, I guess, Roman 2019. Um, but I, you know what? I, I like the, I like the first season because I thought in the first season he, he uh, had a foundation to build from. But I think in the second season, I think a big part of it comes down to the ownership change and kind of a lot of different things. Um, he really felt like a dead man walking from the beginning of the season. I mean, from when you're in third place in February and people are still talking about, you know, who's going to be the next coach. I think it's, I think it's kind of tough to kind of work, to work around that. Uh, but I do think, you know, they do make, they do make the right decision by kind of going their separate ways. Cause I just think, you know, Fonseca is at a, at a point of his career that maybe being at Rome isn't the best place for him. Cause I think Fonseca is the type of coach that he needs to be somewhere where, uh, he can make mistakes. And I think, I think that's here at Roma. He couldn't kind of make those mistakes. And I think, uh, I think that's why, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's right for him to go. So overall, I think the two years, I, w- I want to say, I want to say, I, I feel bad saying that because I do like him. I like him. I like him so much. And I, and I was really hoping that uh, we could have a long future with him. But I'll, I'll say decent. I'll say ups and downs. I think, I think that's, that's the, that's the perfect way to kind of describe it. You know, there was, there was good moments and there was bad moments. And, and maybe that's maybe the perfect why, uh, perfect reason why. Uh, we're going separate ways is because you know there wasn't that balance, and like you said, up until March we, we were doing so good. The way the way we just kind of fell down is just it's kind of it's kind of incredible. So, but yeah, I think I think two years, two two decent years. You know, I think he laid I think he laid the foundation for Mourinho's Roma, and I think that's that's the good way of putting it. Yeah, um, I do I do agree with you. I think his reign can be seen with uh, quite a few ups and downs. I think how toxic the city is for both clubs for football uh mm-hmm. does does get to players and managers we've all seen it in the past not at roma as as well as at roma and, and lazio itself but especially at roma where 
Uh, yeah, the heat is is ridiculously hot, and as you said, you got you had the ownership change, um, the pandemic, um, maybe not getting his sort of players that he wanted out of the transfer window. Yeah, if you're looking at Al Sharari, it could have been bought. He could have been bought in in October, not January, and you could have an extra couple of months with Al Sharari and get him in properly up to match fitness. But yeah, overall, um, I I do feel a bit sorry for him because he's had to deal with some absolute rubbish. Like the last three four months, he's probably been had to have to ask questions about his future quite a lot. And as you've seen, yeah. have you have you seen with the tweet he's put out today? He, yeah, yeah that's, he's a very a yeah, he's very classy indi- individual, and I can only see him doing really, really well in the future. Um, he could come over to the shores over here in the UK. He's been linked with a couple of clubs. I think he's been linked with um, Crystal Palace and Leeds. Crystal I don't, Palace. yeah, I don't see him taking the Leeds job because that's Bielsa's, and I could see Bielsa taking Leeds to the next level next season, but. Crystal Palace with some of the players in that squad for next season with Eze, Wilfred Saha, Benteke. Yeah, you could see him doing really, really well over there if he gets the opportunity to to take Crystal Palace in the Premier League. But yeah, overall, I, I think he's done an okay job with Roma with the tools that he has at, at his disposal. Um, look, you've seen like the rejuvenation of Rick Carsdor. Mkhitaryan this season up until a couple of months ago was fantastic but you see his form is is like is risen in the last couple of weeks since the formation change um like Gianluca Mancini Abanez Jordan Veratu this season up until his injury was sensational and I you yeah. could have seen him kick on um like my only regret is probably the the fallout with Edin Dzeko um if it, it, yeah, but, yeah I think I think I, I was gonna say that's probably the only kind of regret that there is because I think both of them together would have been a lot better, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the second half of the season. But in credit, in credit to them, you know they they put it aside quickly and you know they went where they went right back to work. And, and once again, it shows you kind of the professionalism that you know Fonseca has. You know, like a great yeah, as the, you know, obviously players fight, players and coaches fight all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know sometimes people let it linger, but they didn't really let it linger. And you know the fact that. You know, in January, Edin Dzeko and Fonseca, you know, have this fight and people are writing all these reports about them. But then yesterday, you know, we have Edin Dzeko saying today's wins for Fonseca. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of shows you kind of the, the character that, that he has. And it's it, like like you were saying, it's unfortunate it didn't work. And I, I, I'm almost certain that he's going to have a good few, uh, good career. Maybe just right man, wrong time. I think yeah. That was my next question. You know, do you think it was the wrong wrong time for him to come to Roma after what he did in Ukraine with Shakhtar because he was just winning titles left right and centre in Shakhtar and I was excited to see him come over but did you, did you feel it was like wrong time wrong place yeah for, yeah for sure and I also think I also think he wasn't given the project that he was sold on mm. in the sense in the sense that so he arrives and he arrives with uh, Gianluca Petraki and then you know, at the end of at the end of the and he comes in with James Plot and that ownership. And then at the end of the year, there's not that ownership. Petraki has been fired. You have no sporting director, and you're just there. And now the owner, the new owners, are kind of like, do we want do we want to continue with you? Do we not want to continue with you? And then you know, kind of just kind of creates that, that that always kind of that what if and you know that what if existed literally since the first game of the season. I remember people talking about Fonseca, like you know what's going to happen next with him. So you know, I think that kind of you know made it difficult for him. And I think. Yeah, I just, I just don't think he the project that he was sold on was not the project that that he got. He was, I think, he was sold on year zero, and you know, 
within a few months, people weren't upset. People weren't happy with the results, and it kind of, you know, always, you know, like you said, from from day one, um, from day one, my job was in question. You know what I mean? And and he kind of wasn't wrong when he said that. He was in third place in February, and and people were writing articles about other coaches. Third place. So I mean, uh, it's unfortunate how it ended. I, I do wish it. I, I do wish it ended better. But I'm 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 sure he'll bounce back, go to a place where he can kind of make those mistakes and continue to grow as coach. He's very young. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do feel um, if if Roma did get a, into fourth place, that was a, a big if. That would have been a massive fu and a middle finger to all his critics and to everyone. Uh, that would have been really refreshing to see. Um, as a parting gift, I think he's he's done really well in the last month or so. That and winning the derby yesterday was fantastic. Just the way the way the players responded to him and played for him, it was just fantastic. And also. He's enough to jam in Mr. Darbo, and hopefully we could see him going forward in the future. Um, mm-hmm. My final couple of questions, uh, as we've talked quite a bit on, on Roman in the last half hour or so, is the, the bombshell a couple of weeks ago that was hit on, on us the same day that Paolo Fonseca was, was leaving the club was Roma breaking the internet, not for the first time they've done that in the last couple of years, uh, was Jose Mourinho <laughs> signing for Roma. I for me, like I turned over to Sky Sports News here in the UK uh, on the same day that he was announced, and it was wall to wall AS Roma for a few good hours, and that was interesting to see. I just wanted to take your your thoughts, Sebastian, on Jose Mourinho and what we can expect from him next season. Oh, the the, the announcement when that was announced, I have a funny, quick little funny funny story. When that was announced, I was on I was on on my phone and I saw a betting website I think in the UK that had Mourinho to Roma as the favorite odd. Really? So I, I, I I clicked that link and I was on the link and I was kind of like, like, where would they get that from? Like no mm. one like no one's saying that, right? Uh, when I'm not even kidding, when I'm not even kidding, I went back onto Twitter, Jose Mourinho Roma coach. Wow. And I'm just like, I'm just like I I, I thought it was a meme. I, I I thought you know when people make the fake accounts like AS Roma and they they make it look very good and you know. I thought that's what it was, and I'm like, oh my god, Mourinho's a coach Roma. But yeah, no, it's 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 pure it's pure excitement. I, I think I think um, you know people will talk about you know his most recent job at Tottenham or his tactics, but I think uh, to, in, I was always kind of say to understand. I think the Roma fans' excitement for Mourinho coming. Uh, I think you you had to be uh, a Roma fan for a long time mm. to kind of understand the history and kind of understand like you know who's actually come to Roma like. We haven't had a coach like this since Capello. Yeah. You know what I mean? A coach, a coach this serious, a coach with this much, you know, kind of a winning kind of thing. It's always kind of been, you know, experiments and kind of coaches coming up from, you know, smaller grounds and kind of like, you know, let's try to build together. And now, you know, and you have to respect Mourinho for, you know, you know, he's a winner and, you know, he accepted this Roma job. And like I, I talked about earlier, there's a lot of coaches that wouldn't accept this job. So, you know, you have to credit that credit there. I, I, I think that. I think his Roma, I think he will embrace Rome and Roma a lot better than he embraced Tottenham. I think the fans and he'll kind of thrive off the fans. And I think the ownerships, uh, the ownership and him will kind of work better hand in hand. Uh, I, I have, I, I hate saying for sure because obviously Mourinho's Mourinho, but I do, I do see it ending, uh, pretty good. And I hope it does. I see, I see a lot of positive signs with, with Mourinho being at the club. I, I really think this to revolutionize the club. Like we always, we always kind of, we always kind of say, I think, I think it's back. I think it's back to square one for Mourinho. You know what I mean? 
So it's, it's kind of back to like his Porto days where, you know, it's not, I'm not going to a club that, you know, I need to win the league title now. Mm. I need to win a title now. I just need to, you know, get this team back to competing. And then once we're competing, then at that point, we can build something together and, and, and win trophies. And I think that's that's the perfect place for him to be at, at his career. I think Roma need a Mourinho and Mourinho need a Roma. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Um, do you think his style of football will suit Italian football? Because I, I, oh. I tend to agree that it does because he was... Um, just remember in his last reign where he got the best of Roma in in the two years he was at, the, at Inter and he remember eleven years ago he won the treble with Inter um, in his last um, bits in Italy but uh, he did well at Chelsea uh, in his second reign he got them to a league I think he won the league title with them in his second year yeah. and, and and Manchester United he, he won a European title and won the league. Cup, but it's Spurs. It didn't really work out. I just felt Spurs was probably the wrong time and the wrong place for him. Just like Paolo Fonseca was for Roma, it didn't really work out because that was a shock sacking of Pochettino at Spurs. I remember I was at a game myself, pre-game. I was sitting stands at Swindon. We we had a Tuesday night game, and then I was just looking at my phone's like, Spurs have sat Pochettino and Mourinho's come in charge. That's strange, but it's football. Yeah, no. But I do, I do agree that the, what you said previously that I think he he doesn't need to win a trophy first. He needs to come in and just like start fresh, start from the bottom and like rebuild and redesign this club and get this club game going forward in the right direction. It's clearly what it's been lacking over the last couple of years is like a really good idea and a really good strong coach. Nothing, nothing against Paulo Fonseca. He's, he's did a really good job here, but. You need someone with the strong men that mentality that Jose has. You know he's going to fall out with someone. It's going to happen. <laughs> he's going to fall out with some players. He's going to fall out with... Yeah. I'm so much looking forward to him versus Conte on the touchline next season. Oh, oh my oh my goodness. Him, what? Him, him, him in the press conferences. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. I can't neither. wait. Um, <laughs> post game. I cannot just, wait. just wanted to see what type of players he brings in in, in uh, sorry in the summer and uh, not in january in in the summer um do you have any wish uh, players on your wish list to see what you can bring in for next summer um I, it's weird because I, I keep trying to i keep trying not to pay attention to the rumors because I, I always keep saying how much do people really know yeah but i i i saw one that that i, I thought would be would be really good Renato sanchez from will yeah I think that would be he's he's a, he's a very good player very very good player and then then there's the obvious uh Bellotti would Bellotti would be you know Mourinho to a T so I think that would be good um we need a goalie I guess so Rui Patricio uh it would be a, I think a steady goalie to kind of give Mourinho kind of I, I heard that they wanted to sign an experienced goalie so I think someone like him would be would be pretty good you know we're talking about someone who's won a euro plays in the Premier League so that would be good uh some other names who has there been there's there's been some center backs but I have, I have a weird take on the center backs. I like our center backs, mm. even though we defend so bad. I like our center backs, so I'm I just I'm, I'm intrigued to see with kind of the pragmatic style that he has. If you know if he could get you know helping Banya's kind of improve individually and and stuff like that. And going back to uh, his football and saying uh, will it work in Serie? Yeah, like I said, if there's one league Mourinho can still be successful in with his football. Serie, it's Serie, yeah. it's Look at you know even Conti at Inter they, they don't play you know that modern day style then and and Conti got criticized for it you know a bit before they clinched the title he, they they were criticizing him in the papers in Italy saying that they didn't play like that they didn't play that well right 
So I think I think if there's one if there's one foot one league, it's it's, it's definitely Serie yeah, that his football can work, and I think that's what kind of makes this an intriguing fit because just the, even just the idea that Roma might be able to get you know a very top class Mourinho is yeah, it, it's exciting. I think I think winning with Mourinho here would would be one of the one of the craziest things. It would be so much fun. It would be. I just hope the club. And the freakings like if we if Roma have two years where they 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 do well in the league but don't win anything I don't ho- I really hope they don't rip it up and then start again fresh I really hope they continue with Jose because I feel that like like Roma were under Capella you had to wait a little bit to see the proper Roma so I hope to see maybe not next season maybe not the season after but what was that twenty twenty three twenty four you get to see Roma yeah. lift a trophy and do really well on on a couple of fronts. I, I'm so excited to see what happens in the summer because, as you said, there's so many rumours flying around. I I'm, I'm agree with you on the goalkeeper front. I think Rory Patricio would be an excellent sign-in. I, I think he would be the perfect Mourinho goalkeeper because he speaks the same language. He's a winner. He's done really well over here in the UK with Wolves after his protracted move from sport in Lisbon, after what happened in, in Portugal a couple of years ago, where the fans attacked, <laughs> the fans went absolutely mental and attacked the players and the staff. And it, yeah. it caused a revolution at the club and fair play to Sporting as they won the Portuguese league the other day. But yeah, um, Renato Sanchez would be really, really good. Another player who looks rejuvenated in a different league after what happened to him at Bayern where he didn't really get that much game time. He's gone to France and gone to Lille and they're literally a couple, like two games away from winning the league. And he's been at the four, like the forefront of it. Um, Belotti would be amazing. I think. That, I think. Belotti, yeah. yeah, his time at Torino could be over. Um, I do feel that maybe I don't want to him to spend all that money on Belotti. I think Daniel Marlin could be a good shout. I said that on a previous pod, and I said that to other people. Yeah. He's at PSV, but we're naming names, and it's we're only like <laughs> if we're in May. I don't want to get everyone all hyped up and everything on that. Um, We'll end it here, Sebastian. Thank you very much for joining me on a on a Sunday on a where Roma finally won the big game, finally won a derby in a couple of years, and we got something to look forward to in the future. So thank you very much for joining me, Sebastian, today. Um, I won't keep you away from your late breakfast, early brunch <laughs> over in in Toronto and the uh, NHL games. Um, if you'd like to plug your socials, Sebastian. And then we could uh, we can end this podcast on a high. No, you guys already know Caltrace Romo follow. I want to you know if, if anyone who's anyone who follows the account and, and listens, thank you. It's listening right now. Thank you so much for following nine thousand and nine thousand people. Is a lot of people. And when I started the account in twenty fifteen, I would have never expected to kind of kind of for it to grow and for so many people to to um, to care about my opinion so much. It, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And you know, Scott, thank you for. Bring me on the podcast. I'll, I'm 100 percent coming on again. Oh, with a doubt, without doubt. Uh, coming on to share this. This is a lot of this is a lot of fun. And you know, when maybe when the pandemic ends, you come here. I go there. We have a beer, and, and you know that 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 would be exciting. Yeah. Oh, without doubt, I will take you to a Swindling game. We will probably <laughs> you'll probably see a culture shock of like you coming from the M- and watching games and the MLS to watching the, the football league over here in the UK. And yeah, I love to love to come out to Toronto. It's 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 amazing. My parents have been there, and I would love to go. Um, 
You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Munro. You can follow the podcast at The Magic Cast. You can find us on all podcast platforms, so that's your Apple Podcasts, your Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, and if any other uh, any others I, I forget, I apologise. Sebastian, once again, thank you for joining me on this Sunday more l- late morning for you, <laughs> mid to late afternoon for me. Um, thank you very much, and always remember, Forza Roma, and ciao. Sempre.